Lord be with you. Let us pray. Oh God, even as you are with us, you continue to call us and give us ears that we might listen. Amen. I want to thank Justin for the list of hymns that are in our worship service today. I didn't find out until this past week what those top eight hymns were going to be. I was kind of nervous that his view of the top eight wasn't going to match up at all with my view of the top eight. But I was relieved and actually enjoy the ones he sent me. Now, there's one hymn in there that I'm not a really big fan of, but I'm not going to tell you which one it is. But the rest of them are top notch. And we didn't get to sing all of them today, but I'm sure Justin will be incorporating these as he's been doing in our worship service later on. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, now I'm found, I was blind, but now I see. Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior, my God to thee. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me save that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence is my light. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing, our helper amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing, for still our ancient foe does, say, does seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great, and armed with cruel hate on earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide our striving would be losing, but there is one who takes our side, the one of God's own choosing. You ask who that may be, Christ Jesus. It is he. Now let me pause. That's my favorite part of any verse that we ever sing. You ask who that may be, Christ Jesus, it is he. That's why we're going to sing that at my funeral. I talked about the kids about that. Audrey, remember that. We're singing that one at my funeral. My friend Audrey's here today. She's going to be in charge of my funeral. <laughs> she is. Come thou fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Calls for song of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washing his blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There's no shadow of turning with thee. 
Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forevermore will be. The greatest hymns of our faith. Songs of praise, songs of joy and wonder, songs of thanksgiving. Especially thanksgiving to God for the gift of his son. My guess here is that most all of us appreciate these hymns that we sing it's a reminder that singing is a very important part of our worship. My hope for our time of worship is that it be a time of praise and thanksgiving. Thanksgiving to God. And that Highland be a place that embrace those who come to sing with us. That we be a place of welcome for all. Our sign coming into the church says visitors welcome. I wish it said guests welcome, but visitors was there before I got here. Then the sign in the hall, all are welcome here, and all means all. If you got that long letter that I sent out a week or so ago, you'll see that our stewardship theme this year, really our whole falls theme, is going to be Highland is a place of welcome. A place of welcome. A place of joy, a place of worship, a place of praise, a place of fellowship. Perhaps that what keeps you, some of that is what keeps you here. And all of these things are good. They're important in the life of the church. But now I want to read a quote from someone I came across this week, Will Willimon. Will Willimon is a great preacher. He's also the, a professor of preaching at Duke Divinity School. He talks about the good things that the church are, the fellowship, the, the learning, the affirmation of the church helping people through life. But then he says this. This is what the church is, he says. The church is the body of Christ in motion. And his body belongs to him and not to us. And we are here, we are here as church, because of him. And this him who we are here, who we, are, who we belong to, and who we are here to worship, here's what that one has to say today. Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even life itself, cannot be my disciple. And that same one goes on to say, whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. And then he says this, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. That's what the one who we gather to worship says to us today. You know, we talk about wanting to be welcoming and, and inviting and caring. Imagine if we had a church sign, though, out front, and it said on there, Come to our church, we'll show you how to hate your parents. Or, come to our church, we'll help you get rid of all your possessions. That would bring the folks in, wouldn't it? <laughs> Jesus is on the road today. He's on that long journey that will lead him to Jerusalem that we've been all about this summer. It says that the large crowds were following him in our text today. And we understand why large crowds would come. He's been healing people. It's not something you see every day. And his teachings have been amazing to people. 
wonderful teachings. And not only is it amazing the people, it's also amazing the religious leaders to the point that they're getting very frustrated to the point that later on things aren't going to go so good. No wonder the crowds, though, were coming out. And my guess is that this was a largely, if not totally, Jewish crowd. And many in that crowd would be looking to Jesus as the Messiah because they'd heard word that he was the Messiah, the anointed one. And for many of those in the crowd, the notion of a Messiah was someone who would come kind of like David, actually called the son of David, who would come and, and take out those who have been ruling over the people, the Romans, take the Romans out and establish Israel once again as a nation under God. Also, this Messiah would come in and, and clean out the, the greed that had taken over in the, in the leadership of the Jewish uh, religious leaders. He would straighten things out, make things right again. That's what the Messiah would come and do. That's what they were looking for. That's why they were following him. And so Jesus decided to address that notion of what they saw as Messiah. He spoke the truth of what kind of Messiah he was going to be. And then he tells them to count the cost. You want to follow me, Jesus says? You got to hate even your own family. You want to be my disciples? Well, you got to pick up a cross, a cross, a, a symbol of suffering, a symbol that the worst kind of people would be put on because they would be made an example of. Much like African Americans were lynched back in earlier times. They were lynched so that other African Americans would see, you better not cross the line. That's what a cross was for. You want to follow me, huh? count the cost. Jesus tells a kind of easy to story understand. If you want to build a tower, if you want to build something, well, you got to make sure you know you got enough money to build it because you know, if you start building it and you run out of money and you don't have a tower, you're going to look silly. Or if you're a king and you're thinking about going to war, which would have been a great idea for our political leaders to consider, consider what the cost would be, how many people you're going to need, what's it going to cost. And if you realize, man, you're not going to win this war, well, then you need to do whatever you can to get out. You need to count the cost, Jesus says. And speaking of cost, he closes by saying, so therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. Now my guess is, and we don't read this in the text, that after Jesus said that, whoever heard it, my guess is that that large crowd got a good bit smaller. Because you see, sometimes following Jesus isn't easy. It's not always comfortable and comforting. It's a whole lot easier to just say no. Because you see, we say that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, but really, the truth that is Jesus is very demanding. Calling us to hate our families. I don't know that he literally means for us to hate our families, but I think he's reminding us that all of our loyalties, which in that day and this day, family would be the first loyalty, all those loyalties take a back seat to the loyalty of following Jesus, the family, the nation, our opinions, our ideas, all of those take a back seat to following Jesus. 
Sometimes our loyalties will disagree with the loyalty we have with those close to us. They won't agree with our idea of what it means to follow Jesus, but that's part of counting the cost. And as we count the cost, the truth is that Jesus says, take up our cross to follow, and our cross is not the sorrows of life, the aches and pains of life that we all feel. No, the cross is something that takes place because we follow Jesus. And sometimes we'll face opposition for the way we follow Jesus, even from other Christians. Because you see, being a Christian is much more than being nice or being a good citizen. Or I had a discussion with someone this week in another church that this person thought that the focus of worship is to make sure you're saved. That's not disciple lingo, though. See, being a Christian is much more than that. Being a Christian is standing with those that the church usually has ignored and hated. And as we count the cost, the truth is that Jesus says to give up all our possessions. What are our possessions? Our stuff, perhaps? Maybe also our ideas, our certainties of how things are and how God thinks things are. Perhaps giving up our possessions means that we realize that none of us have possessions anyway. They're not ours. They belong to God. And how God might want us to use God's possessions might be a lot different than how we might want to use God's possessions. Counting the cost of the hard truths of Jesus. I'm guessing that's not why you came here this morning. And to be honest, it's really tempting for me as the preacher to just make nice about things. That Jesus is the answer to all your problems. There's a radio preacher that comes on XM Radio all the time, and I flip through and I have to hear him occasionally. And I'm not going to say his name, but he's in Houston at a big church. And everything is so good. He is good looking and he's got great hair and a great smile. I'm very jealous. And his face doesn't bleed like mine does. <laughs> but you know, following Jesus is not the end of our problems. In fact, following Jesus might be, might be the beginning of a whole new set of problems. We might not be called to hate our family, but instead perhaps we're being called to enlarge our notion of what family is. To tear down those borders of who is in and who is out. And the more I seek to try to follow God, I see that God keeps tearing down the borders and tiring me out because I don't want to step out. I don't want to do this anymore. And we may not be called to give up all our possessions, but I guess, my guess is that God will call us to give up more of our time than we want to our stuff, and I think God is calling us to give up our certainty that we know how God is and how God acts and that God knows who is in and who is out. But even though we count the cost, of the hard truth of following Jesus, there is good news. Even as we wrestle with what it means to follow Jesus, let's remember this. 
that this God of truth is also the God of love. And the God of love continues with us no matter what. And because of that love that God has for us, we can still sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound. When I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds that your hands have made, holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. A mighty fortress is our God. Come thou fount of every single blessing. This is my story. This is my song. Great is God's faithfulness. Amen.